Welcome to the Adventures in Arting podcast. This is episode number 57, recorded on November 1st, 2016. My name is Julie Faye Van Balzer, and with me is my co-host, Eileen Schubalzer. Hi, Mom. Hello, Julie. How are you? I'm good, and I feel as if you've just gotten back, and yet you're about to leave on another trip. It's true. I have just gotten back, and I am just about to leave. So that's why you feel that way, because that's actually what's really happening. It's true. I live a very glamorous life, I guess, in which I'm constantly traveling from sexy place to sexy place. But actually, I'm going to Houston for Quilt Festival, which is actually, although it's a lot of work because it's a convention and doing a lot of demoing, it's one of my favorite things because the quilts there are balls, like beyond any quilts that you've ever seen in your life. So I'm super excited to go see what's new this year. Well, I'm hoping we'll all get to see it through your blog, your vlog, your Instagram, everything. Oh, well, I think you can't avoid it. I tend to overshare if there if there is such a thing in this day and age, right? Right. Um, but I'm excited because my quilt guild is actually holding a um, quilt show this year. And so I actually need to make a quilt in 2017. I haven't made a really big quilt in a long time, so I'm hoping to go gather some inspiration and uh, get a making. Well, keep us in the loop. I'm sure I will. I'm sure you can't avoid it. On Instagram, you'll see lots of parts and process. And, you know, since a quilt takes forever to make, that'll be forever. Um, But I was going to say, speaking of sexier places to visit, we have a uh, guest from overseas today. Um, So our guest is Bird, who I, I don't know if that's, I don't know, Bird, is that your real name? No, it was, okay. one, it was a nickname <laughs> given to me um, many years ago. There you go. I was kind of wondering whether or not. Anyway, so let me introduce Bird. So she's from the UK and she was born in Cornwall, but she now lives in Gloucestershire with her partner of 11 years. And she has an adorable cat, which you can see pictures of on the blog, um, named Lily, um, who apparently is a big photo bomber all the time with all kinds of stuff. Anyway, so she was introduced to card making 13 years ago by a work colleague um, and has been in love ever since. And the way that I know Bird is from her electronic cutting files Uh, I think maybe a year or two ago I was searching for um, some cutting files some free SVG files I was hoping for and she has an unbelievable arsenal of free files and then maybe a couple months ago I was looking back for some files and I noticed that she had a shop a very professional fabulous looking shop now um, with all sorts of stuff and I thought well I would love to talk to her about the evolution of her business and her style and all that kind of stuff so welcome bird hello thanks for having me it's our pleasure so why don't you tell us a little bit um, about that moment when you got bitten by the card making bug yeah I I wasn't really aware that people were were doing it I knew there was um you know, an awful lot of um, crafts out there, but it hadn't really occurred to me much about paper crafts. So I was given this this amazing uh, birthday card and I thought, God, I think maybe I could do this. So then I had a, I mean, my colleague told me about where she sourced her supplies and things like that. And um, at the time we had um, crafting segments on uh, one of our shopping channels here in the UK. Um, which later then turned into a full-blown shopping channel. We've now got about three of them now. Um, So I started watching those, and then I learned about the world of blogging and YouTube tutorials, and my mind was blown with what people were doing. And, um, well, I've just been addicted to paper crafts ever since, really. 
And do you have a particular like style that you fell in love with? I mean, were you doing like cards that ha were stamped? Were you doing cards that had pop-ups? Were you doing cards that had cutouts? Like what kind of, how would you describe your style to someone who's never seen your stuff? Well, in the beginning, I think we all start the same way. We all, um, I think we, we experiment, don't we? We try all sorts of different things. I tried stamping. You know, like everybody, I was amazed with um, embossing powders and you never get tired of watching them melt. <laughs> um, so I tried lots of different things. But when I started um, watching YouTube tutorials, that was when I started learning about kinetic cards, you know, cards that moved or did things. And that was amazing to me because I've got a lot of men in my family and I knew that would be particularly um, interesting for them to receive, you know, a card that did something. Um, but over the years... See, I I really appreciate many styles, but I found that I can't really pull it off myself. Um, like I love that whole layered, shabby chic kind of look. Um, but I, I'm realizing that I'm a bit of a clean and simple person. You know, I just actually was reading a book by Jane Dunawald um, that's all about, uh, it's called Creative Strength Training, and it's all about the idea that um, we all are special in different ways, and you have to sort of find your unique voice within things, and so it's like there, you may like certain things, but you have to sort of figure out what you're good at, and they may be two different things. Yeah, I've definitely found that. I've, I'm kind of coming to terms with my style now, but it's funny, it's taken me kind of this long um for that to happen well so so what is your style then well I would say it's, it's pretty clean and simple really I, I do like to embellish as much as I can especially with cut files I like to put overlays on um but I'm not very good at actually I have a massive amount of craft supplies um but I really have trouble using them, all these lovely ribbons and embellishments and all these things that I've hoarded. Um, I, I really do have trouble actually applying them to my, to my projects, so I think, yeah. You know, I actually think that clean and simple is one of the hardest styles because it means that your design has to be so strong and so specific and so good because that's what's carrying the whole piece off. Yeah, I think because I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's an interesting thing. So it's always funny to me when people are like, oh, I just do clean and simple. And I'm like, no, no, that's hard. That's really, really hard to do something like that. Did you um, have any previous like crafting or design experience or anything? Or is this completely out of left field? Oh, completely out of the blue. Um, my, my parents are the type of people that can turn their hand to anything. My mum was always... Um, always knitted um used to make a lot of my clothes when I was younger and things like that my dad's always been the kind of person that could turn his hand to anything um but I didn't class myself as creative or anything but well even now I think um designing doesn't come easy to me um but I I have lots of ideas so I kind of make make it happen somehow <laughs> it's difficult to describe but yeah it, it definitely you know it was something that um I just really liked and really um well, I could just do it all day, every day. It's just something I'm, I'm never tiring of. I think that for me, when I make stuff, there is that sort of the endorphin rush that I guess runners talk about. Not that I would know because I'm not going for a run anytime soon. <laughs> but, you know, you I get that feeling when I'm painting or when I'm making something where it's like you just don't want to stop. Yeah, and 
and things get in the way like household chores or you know <laughs> taking People. breaks to have a meal or something because you just want to carry on yeah so uh i was wondering i know you mentioned youtube a couple times do you have favorite youtubers um i I don't have an awful lot um, and I do tend to watch lots of different things. I think we all um, in the craft world um, love um, like Jennifer McGuire for her techniques um, and um, Christina Werner and people like that. Um, but I, I don't follow many people. So I think this is really interesting because I think that people do fall into several different categories in terms of the inspiration they, they consume. Some people are very specific to like watching. There are certain people who they always watch. Other people are sort of like, hey, I feel like just typing in, you know, whatever, this technique, et cetera. And other people find inspiration sort of in the in the quote unquote regular world <laughs> off the computer uh, for other stuff. So where do you really draw your inspiration yeah, I, I don't, I'm not really sure a lot of the time. Uh, there's definitely, um, you know, I keep my eyes open when I'm out and about, um, you know, kind of detailing and um, things that I really like is like um, raw ironwork, you know, when you see some really cool fencing or detailing on houses and things like that, you know, I'll often say to my partner, oh, photograph that for me. That's really giving me an idea or... Um, it could be um, a pattern on material or there's so many things that can just, you know, just watching something on the TV could just, you know, click something in your brain and you think, oh, that's given me an idea. But some of my stuff has actually come from um, interests that some of my family have. Um, it can come from anywhere, really, for me. So why don't you talk us a little bit through like your design process? Like, so, you know, uh, if you, if you saw a glorious fence sort of where, where would you go from there? Um, well, I always start by doodling and they always look horrific. <laughs> I very often, um, you know, will show someone and say, you see that I made, that was the original sketch. And yeah, it's, um, it does evolve quite a lot but yeah I, I often doodle um uh through crafting I find it very difficult to um sit and sit and not do anything so even if I'm watching tv and things like that I've often uh, got a sketchbook and I'm I doodle away and then um sometimes I might scan that in um but very often I just then start um designing I use um illustrator um and then I just manipulate it until it's it's something that I'm happy with. And very often, like I say, it, it turns out to be something completely different. How did you learn Illustrator? Yeah, that's been a bit of a, a, a long process for me because I kind of taught myself. Um, but I did discover um, some one-on-one -on -one tutorials um, and I would watch some of those. Um, but over time, I think a lot of it's trial and error you kind of pick things up as you go along but like I say I've been I've been teaching myself for about um up until you know I opened my shop last year I think it was about seven years something like that dabbling with it and, and slowly learning I think it could have been a lot quicker if like I went to college or something and did it but 
Yeah, I have those feelings myself. about it too. It's not an easy program to master. I also taught myself through a combination of like trial and error and watching some tutorials online and all that kind of stuff. And like, but there, I, I think the thing I used to get frustrated with early on was, and I still get frustrated with sometimes, is I have an idea in my head, but I don't have the technical skills to uh, get it out. Yeah, it, it was definitely frustrating in the beginning, I think, having these ideas and not knowing quite how to... Could, I, I, th I still feel like I've barely scratched the surface on it, but I know enough to kind of produce what I want to produce. So I think I'm at a kind of a comfortable point with it. Um, but but yeah, it's, it's a bit of a learning curve, definitely. Yeah, although I and I often feel I know this sounds so silly, but it's such a powerful program. I sometimes feel like maybe I'm, you know, shooting a bunny rabbit with a tank while I'm making this little cut vial of some kind. Well, there's been some things over the over the years that I was painstakingly doing myself, and then I found later on that there were tools in the software that could do it in moments. <laughs> So yeah, oh things gosh. like that. <laughs> I think about that all the time because I'll suddenly be doing something and then I'll be like, there must be a tool. I can't be the only person who wanted to, you know, move two points at the same time in opposing directions. There must just be a button I could push if I could figure it out. But so that's where YouTube is awesome because then you can just search for, you know, a quick video on Illustrator, how to do whatever. Yeah, you can look in and yeah, type in your particular problem or what you're looking for and yeah, there's a wealth of stuff out there to really help. So when you first got an electronic cutting machine, like how long was it between like getting a machine and deciding to make your own files? Um, it was instant. I don't think there was ever any, I don't think I ever thought anything different really. How, how it happened really was I was obviously, um, you know, into my card making. And there was all these tools out there that I wished I could afford, really. Um, all these wonderful uh, punch around the pages and all that. But if I had every style that I wanted, you know, well, I wouldn't have been able to um, to justify that, really. Um, but when I, when I got a cutting machine, I just thought, hang on a minute. If I can, anything I can think of, I can now make. And I just thought, well, this thing's going to pay for itself in no time. So, yeah, it was never a question of looking around for other people's cutting files or anything like that. I was just, you know, really, oh, I, I couldn't wait to just start to learn to, you know, create my own. I totally have that feeling, too. It's like all the time I see everything and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't need to buy that. I can make it. Oh, I don't need to do that. Oh, I'll just scan and cut it. Oh, I don't need to, you know, and that's kind of an exciting feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. But then... But then sometimes that that can give you a bit of a mental block because you sit there and you think, now I can make absolutely anything I want in the whole wide world. And then you just think, OK, now what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. So you've got to kind of narrow it down a bit and go, OK, well, I'll just concentrate on this theme or it's true. And there are some things that are like reinventing the wheel, which is like, yes, I can design a file for a doily or I can buy a doily for like five cents. <laughs> yeah you know and that's one of those funny things where it's like you kind of have to decide which you feel like yeah that isn't really anything that I've done because I always thought well because obviously I've been trying to you know teach myself how to use it so yeah 
But so, I definitely, I hope that over the years, you know, with the stuff that I've come up with, that I've helped other people in that way, you know. I think so. I mean, so you offer, you have offered like an enormous number of free cut files on your site. I mean, it was a vast library and I'm wondering, so why did you decide to offer, to share your files with the world? That seems like a very generous act. Um, well, I think it's hard um, to kind of sometimes, especially when you're learning and you don't really have an awful lot of confidence in in what you're producing to kind of put a value on it. So you think, well, why not let people use it? They can use it, let them use it, <laughs> you know. Although, um, I mean, it's not just like, I mean, some people would very much like not even put it online at all. They would just keep it for themselves as opposed to like taking, it takes time and effort to upload all that stuff and to get them, you know, out there. Yeah, yeah, that was that was actually uh, my partner um, encouraged me to start a blog. That I don't yeah. think that would have been something that I would have done myself. He was definitely um, encouraging me that way because yeah I can see what you mean in the beginning I remember saying to him but why would people want to use my stuff you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so as you have been designing obviously and moved towards opening your own shop can you tell us a little bit about that journey and when you felt it was the right time yeah I think um, like I say it it's been a it's been a bit of a long journey for me confidence wise um and also i wanted to make sure that i i would be providing something that was good um and you know i was seeing what other people were doing and i was thinking well maybe you know the time is right for me to do it um i've had a few other issues as well um uh, which is kind of forced my hand a little bit. Um, I do have to, a lot of my time, unfortunately, is spent dealing with copyright issues. Mm. Um, it's really unfortunate, but it's the way it is. And um, so I have, to, I'm at the point where I have to, you know, pay legal fees and things like that. So it, it that would definitely played a part in, in forcing my hand to open a store. So are you saying that people would take your free files and then sell them as their own? Yeah. Yeah. It's been happening for years. Um, yeah. And it, 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 it consumes an awful lot of my time. I could actually be producing a lot more work if it weren't for um, dealing with this. Um, I don't, I don't, I think, I think it comes down to a confusion in the beginning when you put up files for free people, I think, uh, get confused between free of charge and free to do with as I wish. Yes. Um, and yeah, a lot of them have, have made their way into different um, sharing groups and things like that. And they're popping up all over the place on the internet. And um, uh, international craft companies um, have released uh, metal dyes, uh, things like that. And I've been quite wow. shocked when I've contacted them. Yeah, ones you would know. Um international designers that design for some of the big scrapbook companies um i've had to approach um two of the um craft shopping channels in the uk have i've i've switched on the tv a couple of times and found my work on there uh, for sale and yeah it's, it's it's a bit of an ongoing problem for me really but i try and stay positive 
and um, I try and, um, you know, not let it stop me from what I'm doing. Um, and yeah, onwards and upwards and all that. Well, you know, I think this is a good moment just to talk in general about um, the idea of when people, you know, when people make work, whatever it is, that there has to be a level of respect there for that work in terms of like, obviously, you can use stuff for personal use. If you want to make 100 boxes for your wedding, nobody cares, you know. Mm. And I, I think if you want to make, you know, five boxes and post on your blog about how you made these boxes, it's always polite to say, I found the file at XYZ. Nobody thinks less of you that you didn't create the file yourself. And, you know, giving credit is always something I think you should do, right? I think the real problem comes when people start making money off of your work. And that is to say, selling it in part, you know, or in other ways. Yeah, I've always tried to be um, as flexible and um, as generous as I can be with my terms. I've always said, you know, go make projects, sell them at your local fairs or whatever, you know, it, you know, with, with all of my files. Um, so that's great. But um, there are some that I've had to keep a little bit tighter because of the issues that I deal with. So, um but yeah, I've tried. I've tried to um, keep my terms as flexible as I can for your everyday crafter. Um, but it's it's a little bit tighter for, like you say, um, mass, use. mass, yeah, mass commercial use. There yeah. you go. Well, I know that a lot of shops that you buy cut files from um, have the option of, or digital files or whatever, you can get a commercial license, which is significantly more expensive or you can get a personal license yeah i i don't mind people um selling their work you know if it's if it's um local or it's you know at their craft fairs or colleagues or you know anything like that that's not something you know i, I wouldn't want to charge anyone extra for that mm -hmm. well that stinks stinks that you have to deal with that yeah, As... but it, it is part of, of, like I say, why I opened my store. But I'm, I'm hoping, though, in uh, when I did open my store, I did, I did do a bit of a shift and I, I um, uh, had these themed collections. So I hope and then also I um, offer full um, tutorials, you know, uh, from start to finish uh, for each project and things like that. So I hope that, you know, there's real value for money in each collection that I provide now. And so uh, the technicalities of having this store, I mean, is that stuff that you had to learn to program and to do all that kind of stuff? Or do you have somebody do it for you? I do get uh, some help from my partner. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's been a little bit of a learning curve too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's definitely interesting. I think the thing is there's something deeply frustrating and satisfying about when you make all these things yourself, whether it's your website or, you know, anything else there it's, there's the learning curve, but then there's also the, Hey, I made that, I made that go. Yeah. I, I get a real kick when I see other people um, re reposting or sharing the, you know, the projects that they've made or um, I've got a, absolutely awesome design team as well and um 
it's really cool because I get in my mind the way that I imagine a project to be or things to be used. But then when you see their take on it, it's completely different. And then that then inspires me as well. And that, you know, so it's great. That That's one of my favorite bits is um, seeing other people's, you know, take on my work. Well, let's talk about your design team. So I'm always curious about this. How did you how did you pick them? Did you have an open call? Did you just tap some people you knew? How did you find them? Yeah, I did a call. Um, I've only been on one design team myself, um, so I didn't know an awful lot about how they worked. Um, but there were a couple of people that I really hoped would apply and they did. <laughs> so I was really chuffed about that. Um, but what I tried to go for a bit of a spread of people. I've got um, someone who's got a very uh, modern, very um, minimal um, style. And then I've got someone who um, does scrapbooking. Um, yeah, so I've, I've got a wide range of people. That's that's mainly what I went for. I had a couple of people that, like I say, I definitely wanted. And then the others I went for. Oh, I had such I had such a response. You know, it's one of those things you wish you could take everybody, really. I always think that must be really hard to make those decisions. I mean, I was a director for years doing casting, and there were certainly decisions that you were like, oh, man, I feel so bad giving this person bad news because they're so nice, they're so lovely, they're so talented, but it's just not the right fit right now. And also, I thought, well, for my first one, um, I, I didn't know how many people to take as well. It's really difficult because all of a sudden you're like, oh, God, I've got to actually make decisions here. Um, so I just thought, well, a handful of people, that would be great um, to start off with. And then, um, you know, maybe I'll have more in the beginning. But the sheer number of uh, responses I had was amazing. So how you many did you end up picking? Um, I think I've got five people. Mm-hmm. Exactly a handful, in fact, I'd say. A handful of fingers there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and do you think that was the right number? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Yeah. Well, that's I may, perfect. I may then. add a couple of, I, I may add a couple of people maybe a bit later on, um, but it's very early days, and, and I've only had my design team for a couple of months. I think. Can maybe you see three. a difference in your business from having the design team? I'm starting to a little bit, yeah. Um, but I have to say, my. My store is definitely in its very early days. It's only been, I've only just gone through my first anniversary. Um, so, you know, my store isn't terribly busy. I'm hoping it will grow. Um, but yeah, I, I, do see, I do see a little bit of a change when, when my design team posts, yeah. And is there a reason that you decided to go with your own store instead of somewhere like SVG Cuts or another sort of like big site that would host you? Oh, like like the Silhouette Store and places like that, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I haven't really, really thought about that. It could be something that I could, you know... I, I dare say I don't have to just keep it to my store. It might, it could be something that I could think about, you know, going on there too. Yeah, everybody has their own philosophy about it. Some people are very much like, these are my designs and I want to control them. And if I get onto that big platform, I won't know what's happening or where they're going or other people don't want to give a cut. I mean, it's the same theory that we have all the time in art conversations about having a gallerist, you know, who basically takes half the money and is it worth it for the exposure that you get, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, these are always the big questions that we ask as business people. 
Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of um, feeling my way with things. Um, yeah, because, you know, I'm very aware that it's very early days on my store and I hope to keep it, you know, keep it running and and grow over time. We're always trying to think of, um, you know, where we want to go, what we want to do and different like promotions or, you know, things we could get people excited about or, or include people in. And, yeah. So do people in your life um, know about this this crafting part of your life or is this kind of a dirty, dark secret? <laughs> um no I think I think every everybody knows about it but it's funny a lot of people that aren't involved in crafting they kind of have this idea about about what I do I think they think it's like um uh well doesn't she just like play around with paper and glue and things you know they're, they're right of course they are um but yeah everybody you know in my life know knows about it and um yeah, I, th I think they're quite surprised to see that, you know, how it's growing and, and yeah, how, you know, how I've kept at it and, you know, I'm turning it into something. I think it's one of those funny things when you, uh, I, I always find that whenever I tell people what I do for a living, there's a moment where either they're excited by it or they're appalled by it, <laughs> but they're sort of never a neutral reaction, you know, it's very interesting. Yeah, I, I remember when, when my blog started uh, picking up a bit um, and I can remember kind of some puzzled looking, looks from my brothers, you know, it was kind of like, really? Huh, you got that kind of following? <laughs> <laughs> really? People are interested in that? Mm. And you always think, you know, you don't know whether to be insulted or to just be like, you know, I'm, I'm educating you about the world. There are a million little niches for each of us. Yeah, you know, you know what like, though. Every, every birthday when it came around, they were always excited to see what their card was like, though. They couldn't hide I, it. I think there's a, you know how a lot of craft is devalued, I think, over time because women did it. And there's a whole hidden world of things that women do that maybe are not valued as much as what men do. And I think one of the first questions Julie often gets when she tells people what she does, the question is, do you make a living at that? Because people who are not in this world don't believe that there's, that there are that many people who are interested and who are doing it. And I think somehow if you make a living at it, then people value it. Do you know what I mean? That they're, if it's commercially viable, then they're excited about it. If it's not, then they're not interested. Yeah, it's funny how how it yeah how if um you just say it's it's like a hobby or something, but if moment you say I'm I'm actually, you know, making some money from this, it's all of a sudden it's like oh oh really oh <laughs> you're actually yeah. doing spending your time doing something you know decent then. Well, it is always interesting too how people have trouble validating something if you don't make any money off it. I mean, if you tell somebody you play golf every Saturday, nobody's like, "Oh, you're such a loser! What a waste of time and money." Instead, they're like, "Oh, awesome! What's your handicap?" You know. And if you tell somebody that you craft, then their immediate response is almost always, "I don't have time for that." And you think, "What's the difference?" But then I think a lot of um, the type of, especially um, kind of. 3D paper crafting to, reminds me very much of um, 
you know, like Airfix models and things like that. To me, it's just like, uh, you know, you know, men love to make, you know, cars or airplanes or whatever. I, th I sometimes think this is our version of that. Yeah. You know, the fun is in the process. I think the fun is in the process. And but the thing that is nice is like you were saying, your brothers always look forward to, you know, what their card's going to be or whatever. There is also that nice thing about being able to give people a handmade gift. Yeah, definitely. Or I just went to a wedding of a friend of mine where she made so many different things and people were remarkably appreciative, I thought, of like of just like ooing and eyeing over everything that she made. And there was something about that effort and taking that time to do that. Or I just went to a Halloween party, you know, and one of the things that one of the guests said is like, wow, you know, the host really went to so much effort to do this and I think we do appreciate those things of feeling like it was a little extra special I have a friend's birthday tomorrow and I'm in the middle of packing for Houston and I know that I need a card but it's also like I know that if I hand over a store-bought card uh, given that I am a super crafter he'll kind of be like this stinks as if <laughs> it almost be better to give no card than to not give a handmade card I know how true is that you can never give anyone a shop book card again I'm, right? I'm definitely realizing that one it's all over I'm, I'm finding that actually lately I have less time to make people cards than I ever did <laughs> yeah just um so busy but yeah I um had my um my brother's wedding last year and it was uh great to make the invites and then I made um a bunting uh to to hang around the around the uh, room and things like that, which also mimicked the the invites that I did, and um, yeah, it was really nice how people were surprised that they were they were you know handmade. Which is uh, that's always it, it, one of those funny things too when people are like, "Oh, these look so good; they could be store made," and you're like, "That's not a compliment, but thank you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or the version of that is you could sell that. I know, and I'm always like, "Yes, but it took me 75 hours, so probably not." <laughs> Oh, I know. I know. At the end of it, I said I'm never volunteering to do that again. <laughs> yes, only only for a brother would you do that kind of thing. Definitely. Bird, do you ever put words on your cards or do you find that that's not part of what you do? I find that sometimes it's difficult. I try as much as I can, but it, it can be difficult um, mm -hmm. because if you put in... Um, a word or a couple of big words you know it's it's easy but the, the more writing you want to put the smaller it's got to be and sometimes the machines can struggle with that and then I, I also think when I'm designing cards uh, for other people I think well, I don't know how sharp their blade is how sticky their mat is and things like that so I try not to get too intricate with things and I do find that writing is is it can be a bit of a problem so I try not to add too much it's funny because writing is the thing that most personalizes something to the recipient, you know? Yeah. And I often find that when I make things with an electronic cutter for other people, I tend to put their name in it just because I want them to know that I didn't just cut something off. I, this was like for them. Yeah, I love it when I'm making a card for a guy or a boy and um, I'll make like a car or something and then I put their name in the little, little number plate and things like that. They love that. 
Yeah, there's something special. I mean, it's the same reason that every gift shop in Disney World, you know, or in New York City or wherever sells those license plates that have your names on it or a mug that has your name on it. I think animalistically, we just respond to the idea of personalization. See, I could never do that. I was one of those people that used to go in shops and look up and down wherever there was personalized pens or key rings or whatever it was, because I always knew my name was never going to be on there. This is why I was given... Um, the nickname because no one could ever get my name right because my name is clay now hmm. so it was never on any of those i have learned since though that that is a name i think that is used in spain i think um but it, it, it's not here in the uk clayna is that with a c yeah okay ah. but you could find things with birds on them you could become <laughs> an insane bird collector yeah, I've thought about that, actually. <laughs> That's interesting. I always think, you know, they say, like, your name is your destiny. And so it's an interesting thing it's since you've essentially changed your name and sort of maybe you've taken control of your own destiny. Well, I, I, it, it, I was a little bit nervous about um, social media and, you know, going on there and, and registering and things like that and how much did I want to put out there. Um, so for me, I just thought, oh, well, I'll use the nickname. That's what everyone calls me anyway. Um, so yeah, so that, that's why, um, I never really used my real name in the beginning. I mean, it doesn't matter so much now because I have taken that step to decide to make it my, my career, not just a hobby. Yeah, so that's yeah. interesting. Do you want, do you, so do you have a desire to use your real name now with your work or are you still maintaining bird? Oh, I'll still keep everything like that. But obviously, sometimes, you know, you need to use your real name. Um, you know, I have a, a personal account on Facebook and that now, which I never did before. Do you ever teach classes? Uh, no, no, I've never done anything like that. It, that's another thing that my partners always said to me, you should think about doing it, you know. You know, but um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of us struggle with self-confidence and you think, but why would anyone want me to teach them? <laughs> you know, maybe it's something that I'll, I'll do at some point. Well, it sounds like your partner is incredibly supportive of you. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And that's so nice to have someone who's in your corner, who's encouraging you to go further and to push you past, you know, where you maybe feel comfortable. Hmm. Yeah. And there, sorry. I, I see crafting, Crafting, although it's it's grown massively in the UK um, in recent years, because we suddenly last year got these extra two craft channels. So we've got three now, like dedicated craft channels. Um, there isn't that much out and about. We don't have uh, scrapbook stores or anything like that here. Um, there's the very occasional, some towns might have the odd card making class at their local um, um, adult education centre and things like that. But there isn't really that much opportunity i i don't really know of particularly of any way um to do that well you'll just have to put together a cutting weekend where everybody brings their uh cutting machines and gets it on <laughs> yeah quite literally yeah. do you uh do or have you done other crafts i tried um i tried to learn to knit when i was younger and I've, I was never very good at it. And then I 
I started to learn to crochet and that was better for me because I had a hook on the end. So <laughs> all my wool didn't fall off the end. So I did like that. So I did that a little bit, but never, never really finished anything. In fact, I've still got a blanket in the other room that I started when I was probably about 10 that still isn't finished. Um, so I've not been very good at seeing things through when I start them. Um, but this is one thing that I don't know. I just got the bug. It's something that, um, you know, I, I can't see me stopping. I can't see anything else, um, you know, holding my interest like 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 paper crafts does. I will say that I find my electronic cutter, my scan and cut extremely addictive. And I actually have to stop myself from doing projects with it all the time because I know that a segment of my audience is just not interested in cutting machines um yeah so all the time I have to be like you can't you can't use that you have to walk away from that you don't do it <laughs> and it's such an interesting thing because it it is addictive because it is that idea that I think we talked about at the beginning of the podcast of if you imagine it you can make it happen you know, and I think that's so exciting. And I get into this, these sessions where it's like I'm building files and I just want to see if I can make it work. And I'm like determined to get the structural engineering right. And, you know, it's really, it's, it's fun and frustrating and interesting and com complicated and, you know, brain massaging. And uh, I just really, really like it. Yeah, I am. Um, ever since I got one, I kind of, um, set myself uh kind of rules and i said right you do not buy metal dies you do you know you don't buy punches you don't need them design your own so i kind of set myself these rules so it's kind of freeing in that way because when if i go to um a craft fair or anything like that there's whole sections i don't need to look at so i can save my money for for paper and card <laughs> the things i really love it's good. It's good to not have that. I was funny. I was talking to somebody and I said, you know, I'm a mixed media artist. And she said, oh, so you have the problem that you use everything. Your studio must mm. be a mess. And I was like, oh, thanks. But yes, <laughs> it's true because there are certain things like, you know, that certain things that you just need tons and tons and tons of supplies for. And I do actually think that if you're a person who likes the metal dyes and stuff, those do you collect those pretty darn fast, you know? Um, and there's all sorts of stuff like that. I, by the way, do still have a drawer full of metal dies with, <laughs> with my traditional die cutting machines. And I, I do break them out every now and then for stuff. Yeah. I've, I, I've got, I think some, a basic set of circles. I think that's pretty much all I've got. Um, yeah. I, I, the craft channels that we've got here in the UK, so much of what they sell is metal dies and it's it's constant all the different brands and there's these bundles and there are hundreds of pounds each for these bundles and people are spending a fortune on them but you know it's horses for courses there's so many different types of crafting i mean i i've got a craft room and it is absolutely chock-a-block i can't even imagine what it would be like if if i was into um all the different types of crafting that there, you know that there are Talk about room. your craft room. Tell us what it's like. Um. Well, oh, it's a bed. It's well, it would be a bedroom, I guess, because uh, where we where we were, we only had like two rooms where we were living before, um, and then we moved into our house, 
and it's a three bedroom house. So uh, my partner's got an office and I've got a, um, a craft room. So what I did was I said, right, I want all the storage I can get and as much workspace as I can get. So we just built long, long desks, storage, all, you know, shelves all around the outside. Um, so the whole perimeter of the room is covered in desks and storage. And um, yeah, so it's, it's great. It, it was lovely to be able to come in as a blank canvas and say, this is what I want. The problem is the more space you have, the more things you get to fill the space. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I it's not the biggest room in the world. Um, so that does actually force me to um, keep a bit of a check on, on yeah, what I'm, what I'm spending, what I'm bringing in. Do you have organizing rules for yourself? Um, not really. I, I'm one of those people that just gets to a point where it, I'm, I'm working in, in about, I don't know, I've got about a foot of room on my desk. And when it gets to that, it's like, right, I've got to tidy. I've got to put everything away again. Julie also that. does a lot of purging. She'll find she hasn't used something for quite a while and she'll just let it go. Well, you know, I, the thing is like philosophically, I decided a number of years ago that like, if you pay, so here's the thing, if you paid good money for it, you don't want to let go of it. And you have this whole thing about like, I paid money for this. I paid money for this. I can't do it. And what if I need it someday and blah, blah, blah. And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm actually, if you consider like rent and da, 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 and like psychic space and it's bugging me and not finding stuff, I'm paying for it every single second. And if I'm not using it, why not pass it on to somebody who would like it? you know, and then assume that, and it has happened to me where it's like, I like recently I donated all of my alcohol inks. I was like, I haven't used alcohol inks in forever. I use them maybe once a year. I'm not going to use them. And then I had a project and I was like, oh, I need alcohol inks. And I went to go look for them. And I was like, oh, I gave them away. And I was like, you know what? There's another solution to this. It's fine. And, you know, for this one occasion, there was no reason to keep a whole box of them around. Yeah, I think I need to do that. <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely need to make some space. Yeah, I've been thinking maybe I should, uh, you know, see if there's a local school that would like me to donate some uh, craft supplies to them. Because, you know, I as much as I do hate to tidy my craft room, once you've done it, it's um, so much nicer to work in. It is, and it's so much easier to find stuff, and all that stuff is true. It's just it's the letting go is hard at first, and, like, one of the things I've done in the past is I've done, like, a box of stuff that – was easy to give away and then a box of stuff that's harder and if I don't look in the box of stuff that's harder for like four months and it just sits on my floor then guess what it's time to do with it <laughs> yeah give it away yeah. and you know for a while when I lived in New York and really had a very small space I had a box on the floor and my rule was if I didn't feel like putting it away it went into the box for giveaway because if it wasn't worth the effort to put it in the spot where it goes then clearly I didn't need it that badly Yeah, I think I need to take some of your advice. <laughs> hard choices, <laughs> hard choices. You know what I mean? Anyway, well, it's probably time for us to wrap up. Mom, did you have any last comments or thoughts that you wanted to share? No, but I assume you'll post all the ways we can contact Bird. Yes, I do. In fact, contest. I was going to say, Bird, um, do you want to give one of the, the URL to your shop or anything like that? Um, oh, what is it? <laughs> I, think, I think my my blog is just birdscards.com um and uh through that you can find my store but my store is birdscards.com forward slash store 
Um, so that's go. where I can be found. Perfect. Um, and so, of course, I will have those links in the post about it. Um, and as always, you can find me at balzerdesigns.typehead.com. And do leave us your comments or questions at balzerdesigns.com backslash arting. We'd love to hear from you. And if you tweet about the show, please use the hashtag pound arting podcast. That's all one word, A-R-T-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And thanks so much for listening. And thanks, Bird, for coming to play with us. And we'll see you the next time on the Adventures in Arting podcast.